Welcome everyone to edited episode eight of Love My Sheep. I am your host, Miss Lydia, and I will share later on why this episode is edited. In this episode, I am going to share a little bit about my church upbringing so that you will gather an understanding of where my perspective comes from on what is one of the most disenfranchised griefs a Christian can go through, church hurt. This may take a few episodes. I was raised in a Pentecostal home, and I cannot say it was a typical Pentecostal home, as I don't even know what a typical Pentecostal home is. I think when someone says he or she was raised Pentecostal, it gives the impression that he or she was raised in either a very religious or spiritual home, and possibly with strict rules. Maybe some legalism bells go off. I don't know. My father was the spiritual leader in my nuclear family. To the conservatives, he was too liberal. And to the liberals, he was too conservative. I do not think he won any points with anyone in how he ran his household. However, this episode will focus more on my church roots. I grew up going to church, and in the beginning, it was a very lonely place for me, especially in Sunday school, until I attended regular school. Nobody befriended me, and the only thing I looked forward to was the possibility of singing Father Abraham, which was my favorite Sunday school song that we did not sing regularly, but it was such a treat to me when we did sing it. I did not understand how Jesus encouraged love, yet nobody in my class showed love to me. Little did I know then how important that lesson was and that would carry with me throughout my life. However, back then God protected my heart and never allowed my inability to blend in to prevent me from going to church as painful as it was. After I started regular school, my school friends were my Sunday school friends, and I only loved going to church because I got to see my friends. I never thought about quitting because my friends kept attending. I don't know if they stopped, would I have too? I will say this, in the subsequent church hurt experiences I went through, I never thought to quit church altogether in the midst of the pain because I did not believe in punishing God for a flawed and broken people. If people hurt me, then I could not put that on God. He wasn't hurting me through them. I saw then that God is infinite, sovereign, protective, loving, and holy. And these attributes have no boundaries. Therefore, he had and has dominion over everyone and everything. For me to think about anything in life, good or bad, without the notion of God always resulted in some tumultuous times. Not that having God prevented trials and tribulations, but when the heart is at peace, birthed from an unfeigned trust in God in the midst of a storm, then there is no rush for action. Psalm 4 verse 8, in peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Also in Mark 8, we see Jesus setting the example by sleeping on a boat in the midst of a windstorm. Oh, how God tests us. In the pain of having to deal with the broken people, if I allowed their pain to penetrate my heart, I would be cheapening my heart because my heart is supposed to mirror God's. We are called to be imitators of Christ, not imitators of Christians. Ephesians 5 verse 1. 
Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. It wasn't anyone in the flesh that taught me this, but the Holy Spirit. And that is to not look for the example, but to be the example. After publishing the original episode, I was convicted by the Holy Spirit about my miscommunication about judgment. I did not want my original statement of in a place of judgment to show acceptance to be misinterpreted. Judgment is good and required in determining good from evil. We need to use discernment and judgment in our decisions. Let's not misinterpret Matthew 7 verses 1 to 5. Let me read those verses. Do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. This does not mean we endorse behavior that isn't godly and contradicts God's word, either within ourselves or in others, as a way to avoid judgment. We are to exercise judgment, but always first and foremost within ourselves and to use the word of God as the standard of measure. This also means we need to understand that we are all in this journey at a different pace, in different places of commitment, with different experiences, different strengths, different weaknesses, and all with unique internal processing systems. Therefore, in a place of judgmental people, show openness. In a place of pride, show humility. In a place of hostility, show compassion. In a place of showmanship, show meekness. And when we fail in what we are supposed to do, we are to keep at it, to not lose heart, for our hope is not within ourselves to keep going, but our hope is in God. Psalm 43, verse 5. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him the help of my countenance and my God. This taught me that I can only take ownership of what I can control and concern myself with the condition of my soul and not take ownership of other people's behavior. For when I stand before the Lord to give an account of my life, I am not going to be asked about how others treated me, but I will have to answer to God in how I responded to their treatment. We know Matthew 5 verse 44 says, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. 
it's maybe easier to quote or read, but if we truly desire for God's love to grow beyond the parameters of ourselves, which we should desire, then God will enable us to love, bless, and pray for the unlovable. Only God can guide in how to do it so that he will be seen and not ourselves, for it is always about God's glory, and he wastes nothing, not even our pain. Until next time, know that I love you, and the Lord loves you the most.